Well, um, we're looking at some of the significant signs um, in John's Gospel that point us to Jesus, point us to some of the significant things that he did, some of the parables that he did. And um, I've got um, a helper today called Millie, who's going to come up and read our first scripture to us. There's three scriptures we're going to be reading. I thought I'd split it up and um, you wouldn't have to keep hearing my voice then. So Millie, over to you. John 11, uh, Lazarus. Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Lazarus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. Thank you, Millie. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that um, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, training, and rebuking so that the man and woman may be fully equipped and fully trained. And Lord, this morning, we don't just want to hear another talk, another sermon, another preach. Lord, we do, but we want that to impact our lives. We want our eyes to be open to your word. We want our hearts to respond. And Lord, I pray that each of us may apply these words that are significant to us and transform our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you for your love here this morning with us, by your spirit. We thank you for each other. And I pray now you just help me, Lord, just unpack a few of these lines that would come to life, literally come to life in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about death this morning. It's a very cheery subject on an August day, isn't it? Death. Death, that wonderful uh, song, Love is All Around Us. I would not recommend the film, particularly. Love is Actually. I've just recommended it. But um, death is all around us. As some of you know, um, I'm actually a funeral celebrant now, the last three or four years, and um, I've done over 75 funerals this year so far. And death is everywhere when I meet families. The sadness, the grief the complete desolation of their lives of a loved one, particularly when it's a baby, um, a stillborn or a child, or someone who's sadly taken their own life. We come into this chapter in John 11. Lazarus was sick, and Martha and Mary immediately turned to Jesus for help. Hopefully that's our first port of call when we are in trouble, when we need help. Often it's not. We seek other advice or other people first, which is fine. But in this instance, they turn to Jesus for help. They really hope Jesus will come quickly and heal their brother before he died. Knowing how much they loved him, he would have, you would have expected Jesus to set out immediately, wouldn't you? Immediately for Bethany and save them so much grief so much sadness and so much anxiety. But Jesus didn't respond. Jesus didn't respond. He stayed where he was for two more days. 
There's an important principle here that love permits pain. Let me say that again. Love permits pain. We don't wish it that way because we want to believe that our Heavenly Father has got it all under control, will not allow anything painful to invade our lives. But this is just not so. God allows difficult experiences that are necessary for our spiritual growth, our spiritual lives. Love and delay are compatible. Love and delay are compatible. You see, if Jesus had rushed off to Bethany as soon as he'd received word of Lazarus' death and illness, Mary and Martha would not have been suspended between hope and fear. Mary and Martha would not have been suspended between hope and fear. Hope that one who could heal their brother would arrive in time. Fear that he might come just too late. They would have been spared the anguish of watching Lazarus sink into death, avoided the agony of those last moments. Some of you will know that when you've sat with a loved one who's dying in their last moments of their life. And the preparation of his body for burial and prevented the desolation of bereavement. It truly is very difficult when you lose a loved one, and many of you would have had and would understand how that feels. But Jesus didn't come. He just didn't come. He knew it was time for Mary and for Martha and his disciples to learn what they could not have learned if he had had intervened too quickly. Jesus was completely in control of the situation and knew exactly what was wrong and what he was doing. He knew too that the spiritual growth of Martha and Mary and his disciples traveling with him depended on the right timing, his perfect timing. We know that in our lives, don't we? When we pray for something, it doesn't come. But down the road, it does. And we all say his perfect timing when it does happen. And he answers our prayers. And now Millie's going to come up and read our next few lines for us. Thank you, Millie. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. Jesus answered, are there, no, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world, world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Jesus knew that Mary and Martha would never know him as, their, as the resurrection and life if Lazarus had not died. Our painful experiences can reveal God to us in new ways. Jesus knew, knew precisely what he was doing. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Can you imagine the stench? In the period of deep mourning, there was a period of lighter mourning, but we're in this period of deeper mourning, which was about seven days. Martha heard that Jesus was entering the village, and 
actually she was violating the conventions of the Middle East by doing that. She went out to meet him and greet him while Mary stayed in the house. Then a remarkable conversation happens between Jesus and Martha and is recorded now in John eleven twenty one to 27. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had not been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. Thanks, Millie. Now, in these verses, Martha gave voice to her doubt. Her doubt that Jesus has unlimited power. Had he been present to heal her brother, this would not have happened. He had to be present to heal Lazarus. Yet, her general confidence in Jesus shines through. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus answered, answered her by turning her mind to the promise of the resurrection. Your brother will rise again. Yes, Lord, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. She didn't find too much comfort in the future tense. In that moment, she needed something more immediate than an event so far as the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus turned her and her idea of resurrection as a future event into a present reality. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. What must have Martha felt in a dramatic moment? He gave her faith, its true object, himself. Confidence in Jesus Christ, the God-man, who is the resurrection and the life, could replace her vague hope in a future event. How do we get that confidence? Jesus tells her in verse 25, he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In Jesus, we gain a quality of life. We gain a quality of life that is larger than death. Those who believe in Jesus know that when death comes, we do not pass out of the land of the living, but we pass into the land of the living. We are on our way to life, not death. That's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to have eternal life. Do you believe this? He asked. 
he brought her to the question of personal faith. The faith that leads to eternal life that is not inherited. It's a personal commitment each one of us has to make. Martha gave him a remarkable answer in verse 27. Yes, I believe, Lord, that you are the Christ, that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. What a remarkable testimony. Clearly, this woman with imperfect faith grasps the central truth that Jesus is the one sent by God. Martha returned to the house and, taking Mary aside, told her that Jesus had arrived arrived and asked for her. And Mary got up quickly and went to meet him. She, in turn, spoke the same words Martha had used. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same words as Martha, but with one omission. Martha went on to say, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha, for all her shortcomings, spoke faith. Mary, in contrast, was overwhelmed by her grief. She had sat at Jesus' feet and learned from him, but now in his presence, she only was totally wrung out with her all-consuming sorrow. And the practical Martha that we read about in Luke 10 had understood enough to give a magnificent confession of faith in Christ. Mary, on the other hand, was too engulfed in her loss to do more than say, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. God starts with us where we are. But he doesn't leave us there. He moves us on to a deeper, deeper level of faith. Four days had passed since Lazarus had died. And the mourners had followed Mary and now gathered in front of the cave-like tomb. It would seem there was unrestrained wailing. Jesus stood in the midst of the crowd. The Greek of verse Verses 33 and 38 indicate that Jesus was more than deeply moved. Rather, he shuddered with indignation. He shuddered with indignation. Indignation at what? Jesus stood there that day as the Lord of life, where he was face to face with death, human misery, broken hearts, he knew that as he confronted death that day, the final conquest could come in only one way. He too, he too would have to pass through death. He would have to taste its bitterness. He shuddered at the awfulness of death, at the consequences of sin, the pain of alienation. He shuddered that any of this should have to happen. Then he acted. He spoke four times. 
in the final verses of John chapter 11. Speaking to the mourners, he simply said, take away the stone. Those that stood there were given that task. He tests us by involving us in his miracles. He tests us by involving us in his miracles. Martha protested, but Lord, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Jesus had to remind her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus worked to raise Martha's faith to a higher level so that she could look beyond the earthly, the practical, and the mundane to see spiritual reality. The second time Jesus spoke, it was to God. Jesus laid his divine claim on the line to lead people to faith. Verses 41 and 42. The third time he spoke, he addressed Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. Verse 43. The dead man stumbled out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a towel around his face. The crowd fell back, awestruck. They had seen a corpse carried into the tomb four days earlier. Interestingly, Jesus had not prayed. Father, raise him from the dead. Nor had he said, in the name of the Father, come out. He had told Martha that he was the resurrection and the life. He acted on his own authority. He was the Lord of life. So Lazarus came out. The fourth and final time that Jesus spoke. It was again to an astonished audience. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Verse 44. Two things happened. Many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary put their faith in Jesus that day. In verse 45. And secondly, the word about this incredible miracle reached the religious leaders in Jerusalem. They saw Jesus as a threat. They saw him as a threat to their power, and then they met to seal his fate with a sentence of death. But he is the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in him will live even though that person dies. The one who believes in him will live even though that person dies. Whoever lives and believes in him will never die. If he wants you to trust him greatly, then he puts you in a place of impossibility. For where a thing is impossible, then we who are prone to move things by the force of our own will, our own being can say, Lord, it has to be you. I'm utterly and absolutely nothing. Lazarus lived only to die a second time. 
And that is true. But the lesson is, and here it is. If you believe in the God of the resurrection, you can face the cemetery and the crematorium and know that even out of death comes life. It is dying that we truly live. Jesus speaks the same words to us today that he spoke to Martha 2,000 years ago. I am the resurrection and the life. After death comes resurrection. We can trust God's perfect timing. We can trust his love. We can trust that he will come through for us in our difficult experiences, stronger in faith and in hope as we learn that God is there for us in our loss and in our sorrow. What we, let do, what we let Jesus do in our situation makes all the difference. Amen. Let's pray. Just as the band come up and uh, as we go into a ministry time, Father, we, um, we just pause we thank you for this amazing chapter in John's Gospel, chapter 11. We thank you for the characters. We thank you for the way that it speaks to us. We thank you for the way that it reassures us that death has lost its sting, that life is everlasting, that when we die, we have life. Life with you, everlasting, eternal life, paradise. Thank you for that wonderful verse in the Bible that reminds us that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that last verse, a song we sang as we walk from earth into eternal life. Lord, I pray that you bring reassurance in the room today. I pray that you'd refresh us in our commitment uh, to say that you are, you are the God you are the only one, that you are our Father, that you are the Saviour of the world, that you are our Creator, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and Omega, and that you are the resurrection and the life, the Son of the living God. Lord, implant that afresh in our hearts and our minds today. May we go out knowing that as truth. May we be reassured of that spiritual truth. For, as Rich said earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. <laughs>